to episode 7 of From the Front Porch. I'm Annie Jones, and today I'll be chatting with Katie about our favorite fall book recommendations. So cozy up with a warm blanket because we're about to get started. So good to be back with you. I know. I'm thrilled because it's beautiful weather outside. We're finally experiencing a little bit of fall in the south. And it feels like a great day to read on your front porch. Doesn't it? Yes. Um, so I thought today we could talk about our favorite fall book recommendations. Um, fall to me, I know people really talk about summer beach reads and summer reading. And I like reading during the summer. We talked about that in a different podcast. I love light and airy beach books. And I like you know, summertime resolution books, but there's something I really love about autumn reading. Um, and I don't know, what does autumn reading mean to you? Well, I think the word autumn just evokes this comfortable, warm blanket, pumpkin latte, (laughs) so overdone, um, that kind of thing. So I would say comfortable reads, um, Preferably with an orange-reddish cover. <laughs> yeah, a warm book in in the literal and figurative sense. I, I love the idea of, like, snuggling up with a book. I think maybe some people are drawn to sitting on the beach reading a book, mm-hmm. and I do love that. I mean, I read in all the seasons, but there is something about, like, cuddling up under a blanket and reading a comforting book, uh-huh. um, a book that makes you, I don't know... Maybe even a slower-paced book. Yes. I feel like I have a lot more patience for slower-paced books in the fall and in the winter than I do for the summer. Like, summer, I want something to fly through. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, in the autumn, I'm willing to sit and take a slower-paced book. So what are your it. comfortable books for the fall? Okay, well, there's one, I know, um, bookseller perk alert, but I just read an advanced reader copy of um, Anita, and I'm going to butcher her last name, Diamant's. Uh-huh. Uh, newest book. It's coming out in December, Ooh. which around here will still be fall. <laughs> um, and it's called The Boston Girl. And it is so good. I loved it. It reminded mm. me um, a lot, actually, of A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, uh-huh. which is a classic that I never read as a child, but read as an adult in a book club. And I loved it and couldn't believe I had never read it as a child. So if you haven't read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, read that um, in between. But then I think the first or second week in December, this new book will be out um, called The Boston Girl. And it's fiction, um, but it's a grandmother looking back on her life and telling her granddaughter her story. And so it's this coming of age. um, It's just, I can't even, I read it the past, over the past maybe week and um, the writing style is so wonderful. I like Anita's books. I liked The Red Tint a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also just something comforting, a feeling like a grandmother was telling you her story. I think there is something kind of nostalgic about the fall and yeah. making you want to look back. And that was the number one book that came to my mind when we decided to talk about fall reads was My Struggle by oh. Carl Ove Nosgaard. I haven't read that. Okay, so... This is the, like, international literary sensation, and, you know, I'm not a literary reader, so, but I picked this up because one of my friends swore to me that even I could read this. (laughs) It's a six-part series of this man's very mundane life. Honestly, nothing spectacular happens to him, but it's like this raw, naked reading experience of, like, 
getting inside somebody's inner world. Okay. Um, so it's just... So it's his true story. This is yeah, a, it's, it's his memory of okay. his whole life. Okay. And in gross detail, but and I say gross, but just in that way of like, oh my gosh, he's not scared to reveal anything. <laughs> and, and it's almost this... Like, I don't want to read it too fast. You just kind of meander right. through it. And um, and you can't read it too fast because nothing is happening. You right. know, I just finished Defending Jacob on your um, oh, yeah. recommendation. Loved it. Right. Wanted to read it in one night. Right. This is not that book. This right. is the book you want to keep coming back to because right. you know somebody. But it is a six-part book, so it's a bit of an investment. Okay. Um, that reminds me, too, one of our, I think, mutual favorite books is Crossing to Safety. Mm -hmm. And that's one, again, where there's not, there aren't these huge plot points um, I mean, of course, there's a lot of movement happening, but it's really one of just those slower paced books, like nothing, there's no major climatic turning point, mm -hmm. um, but it's still such a pleasurable, enjoyable um, book. I, I also thought there's something about fall and winter that makes me think of the classics. Mm -hmm. And I will be honest, I don't read a ton of classics because I feel like there are so many new books I need to be reading. Um, but, and I don't reread. I, I think I'll, there are rereaders in this world and then there are those of us who read it once and once is probably enough. But there is one book that I reread almost every December or close to every December. Um, it's An Old Fashioned Girl by Louisa May Alcott. Oh, um, I so I feel like okay. Little Women, I, which I loved, um, but I never hear anybody talk about an old-fashioned girl. And I think it's really sweet. I also like this idea that maybe a mom might read it out loud with her daughter. Ah, um, okay. My mom teases that she could never read out loud to me after a certain point because I was always reading ahead and reading too much. Um, but I had a friend whose mom read to them every night from classics, so that's how she read Gone with the Winds, how she read with how she read Pride and Prejudice was with her mom. Oh, fine. And so I, I, there's something maybe about curling up like at story time or, you know, before you go to bed and reading these classics together as a family. Jordan and I like to read out loud together. Uh -huh. um, and it feels not as possible in the summer, but it's like because the daylight savings is changing or something, it feels more doable in the fall and winter. Um, that's a, that's a great early memory from my marriage. Scott and I do not read out loud to each other, but when we were newlyweds, we mm -hmm. thought that was a very romantic, fun idea, and mm -hmm. so we read Walden oh. out loud to each other. And it was in the winter time in Philadelphia, yeah. so I do I remember just like being warm in bed reading yeah. Walden to each other, reading together. And I um I also like this book series that I a customer actually recommended um, called Habits of the House. It's a mm -hmm. trilogy. And the tagline, I think, is like, Downton Abbey for intellectuals, <laughs> I believe, is actually on the front of the book cover. Wait, I thought Downton Abbey was for intellectuals. I know, right? Oh. But um, apparently not. That's humbling. <laughs> yes. So um, anyway, this customer who I really like recommended this book series. And again, to me, I think the customer actually described it as a page turner. I didn't find it to be a page turner. I think of Defending Jacob or Gone Girl as mm -hmm. page turners. This British books I don't find to be page turners in general, but this was really enjoyable. It's by the, um, I think her name is Faye Weldon. She was a writer for Upstairs, Downstairs, the British oh, television okay. series. Um, so I've read the first book of the trilogy, but I fully intend to read the second. And then I think the third one comes out in December. So it'd be a fun one to pick up, a fun series to start this fall. Okay, very fun. Okay, before we go much further, you reminded me um, when you were talking about Louisa May Alcott's book oh, yeah. about reading out loud to your daughter. 
Have You Picked Up Yet? Book with No Pictures by B.J. Novak. Yes, I love it. Love it. Okay, so if you don't know B.J. Novak, you probably have been hiding under a rock even more than I have over the last <laughs> 10 years. The producer-director of The Office. Yes. Right? Is that And his? he's a, I think he was a producer, and he wrote for The he Office. He wrote, okay. Yeah. Um, so hysterical guy. And I takes, love him. Yeah, takes his foray into children's book literature and writes a book with only text. Right. And here's what I love about this, and here's a little soapbox. Um, it's very much like Mo Willems' style book, kind of. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, that kind of humor in the children's book. But it's got more text. One of my big complaints about children's books these days is they're too short and there aren't enough words. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's hard. I think people think, as somebody who does story time like multiple times a week with, uh-huh. you know, 20 kids from the local preschools, you look at books and you're like, okay, well, I don't want to do that one because it's too long and I won't be able to hold their attention. But I think kids have a longer attention span than we think. Yes, we're scared to read longer ones. Yeah, and I, what I love about this book, there are literally no pictures. He won't even, he didn't even put an author photo in the back, which I thought was really clever and fun. Um, and you're right, it's a very interactive book for kids, like Mo Willems. Um, I Don't Read This, I think, is yes. what it reminded me of. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, it's fantastic. I don't have children, and I'm already like, who can I give this to at Christmas time? Uh, like, yeah. which children can I gift this book to? It's the one you want to order 10 copies of right. for every child you know. Yeah, it's so Because it's so, so good. fun to read with them. And I'm not, I don't know that I would put it in the fall category, but B.J. Novak actually earlier this year came out with an adult collection of short stories, oh. and it was so good, um, and I, I loved it. I recommended it to a lot of customers. Um, I had some customers who loved it, some who didn't quite know what to think. I don't think it, it's short stories, some of them really short, like a page or a couple of sentences, but I thought it was incredibly clever and well-written. Um, it was called One More Thing, I believe. Um, and anyway, just a really good, again, I'm not sure it fills me with those feelings of nostalgia or slow reading, mm-hmm. um, but a really good book. And so I kind of loved that just a few months later he came out with um, um, this children's book. And I tweeted him voraciously wishing that he would come to the bookshop. <laughs> oh, good. I really, I was like, okay, you're in Atlanta. You're so close. You could come right here. Um, because I kind of have a married lady crush on him. And I just think he's so smart and his books are so good. Absolutely. I don't blame you a bit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great one. The other thing fall reminds me of and makes me want to read about is it's fall is all about civic engagement. I mean, it's election time. You and your um, civic engagement. I know. You just want to get you want to get back involved. So, I don't know. Is it fun? Is it okay to read political books? Are there? I guess are there more political, historical, those kinds of books coming out in the fall? I think uh, lots of history books come out in the fall. I think because that's a, such a big gift giving item in December. Okay. Um, but the one I like Nicholas Kristoff. He writes for the New York Times. Mm-hmm. He wrote Half the Sky. Mm-hmm. He just came out with a new one um, called A Path Appears. And that one's on my list for nonfiction this fall. Fall, to me, is actually a lot of fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are a big nonfiction reader. And I'm trying to think of the other ones coming out. That's just one that kind of stuck out to me. Like, oh, I really want to read that. I will say last fall... I read a book called Our Town, or I think it was called Our Town, 
No, I don't know. Not the play. Um, not the play. It, it's about Washington, D.C. Oh, And okay. it was written by a Washington, D.C. insider. And I was really into this West Wing phase. And um, it's really well done. So I'll put it in the show notes if I wrote the wrong title down. Um, but it was really good and would be fun to read as huh. elections, as gubernatorial elections come around. Okay. I think since the last time we talked, the book um, Happy City that I had been waiting oh, yeah. for, Happy City, Transforming Our Lives Through Urban Design, came out and I devoured it. Um, you know, it's how you should lead your life and be civically engaged and, and how to do that and, right. and what um, cities can do to make their citizens happier and what you can do to be a happier citizen. Okay. Um, it'll make you feel good when you read about these people who have a two-hour commute, um, you know, and are not able to pay. I mean, it's it's a terrible reality, the commute right. in our life. But... Um, we don't have one. We, so we, don't, have, we don't have. <laughs> we don't really yes. have that problem here. We have about a five-minute walk up the street. There, there are other problems we have, like <laughs> right. parks that need some work or lack of. You right. know, we're but working we on our bike trail, and yeah. So anyway, Happy City is a great one that just came out. Um, so it would be good for the nonfiction right. reader. Yeah. Um, so along the lines of these classics or the Habits of the House trilogy, when we were talking about fall books. Immediately that came to mind, and I think I've told you about her. Customers generally like her, Kate Morton. Uh huh. I really love her books. I think I've told you before, and I hope this is politically correct for me to say. I think her book covers are horrendous. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> so and so, I really hesitated and would never have picked one up were it not for my book club in Tallahassee, um, which is the great thing about book clubs, right? They make us read things we wouldn't normally read. Um, but. I really enjoy her books. Again, they're kind of slower paced, um, but exciting things happen. Um, there's frequently an element of mystery, um, but they're certainly not mystery books. Um, mm-hmm. These are these are really kind of enjoyable across the pond reads, I okay. think. Um, so anyway, do they take place in Ireland? Uh, they take place, I think, maybe it is Ireland, Ireland okay. or England. I can't remember. And their covers all look like cheesy Floral. Irish. Co- yeah, um, it's like purple and pink flowers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to after Annie had told me about these books. I tried to check them out at the library and. I think I ended up getting the ugliest cover I could find, but you it wasn't a Kate Martin like, book. Whoa, Katie, wrong, wrong. <laughs> so it was, it was terrible book <laughs> and terrible cover. Yeah, often a bad combination. <laughs> um, so I do have a question for you. In the fall, do you read scary books? At okay, all? yes. This okay. fall, I have um, <laughs> actually. On my mother-in-law's recommendation, read Good Girl, which is... Oh, your mother-in-law loves the scary books. So she loves anything People Magazine (laughs) recommends, and I think this was, if you liked Gone Girl, you will like this. She brought me the article, and I ordered her all of them. Yeah, (laughs) love her. Um, So, yeah, it is. Did you like the Good Girl? Um, So... I was kind of disturbed by it. Yeah. And did you read Gone Girl? Yeah, I did. Okay. I, yeah, and it, it did have a twist like Gone Girl. It wasn't as well written necessarily as Gone Girl. I think Girl. people are trying now um, to be to be yeah. Gillian Flynn. And Gillian Flynn was always dark. And if you've read Gillian Flynn's other books, I uh, read a reviewer recently and I couldn't agree more. Gone Girl is fairly tame. 
Like my book club, a couple, again, this is my old Tallahassee book club, but a few years ago in October, we always tried to pick a kind of suspense book and we read Dark Places by Mm, Gillian Flynn. mm -hmm. And I remember all of us thinking this was a little too dark. Like, I mean, it was very good. Um, So if you love that kind of thing, I think you would like Gillian Flynn. Um, But I always recommend Tana French. Uh I think she is fantastic. And I don't know why there's not more buzz about her. I feel like all of her books could translate to film if you needed them to. Um, You know, because I feel like Gillian Flynn's got this um, great film and TV. I think her other books have even garnered the attention of some TV executives. Um, But Tana French books, to me, are just as readable and really well done. I agree. You've read her, yeah. I have. And Into the Woods, is that one of hers? Um, Yeah, it it reminds me of a screenplay. Yes. I think you visualize it. Into so the well. Woods, and the so the great thing about these books, and I think there's probably about six of them now. Um, they build on a primary character, on a secondary character from a previous book, so you can read them absolutely standalone. But if you read them in order, you're going to be familiar with at least the main character, right? Um, which I think is a really neat way to do it. So they all take place in Ireland, um, but. The latest one, The Secret Place, is so good. I just finished it maybe a a month ago because when it came out, I immediately took it home with me. It was very well done. Um, Into the Woods, I think, is the first one, or In the Woods. And then my, but my favorite of hers, I think, is called The Likeness. And I remember Mm -hmm. reading it and thinking, someone please turn this into a movie. And I rarely think that, but her books really lend themselves to that. Yes, I I agree. And you're right. They're ones you could probably recommend to just about anybody and they'll devour them. Um, the other one I was wondering if you had read, I have not read it yet, is Lila. Oh, it's on my nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't started it yet. I Did you and I have this discussion? You are not maybe a Marilyn Robinson fan. I'm not. And Okay, oh, so I, I want to be. She writes beautifully and yeah. very slow. So yeah. maybe I read it during the summer. Yeah, when you should I... try it now. Try, everybody try Gilead now um, if you haven't read it already. That is the book that I think is so beautiful. And I think you were like, oh, so slow. But I thought it was really well done. And Lila is about one of the secondary characters from that novel. Um, and it has a beautiful cover, so I it's, did one. It's got a very fall cover, actually. Yeah. Um, and then, speaking of fall covers, we just got in the bookshelf a new collection of um, Henry David Thoreau poetry, and it's called October. Oh, it's nice. gorgeous. If anybody is into fall and wants a pretty coffee table book or a nice collection of poetry, this is my new favorite thing. Yeah, um, poetry, very fun to read. I, I've, you know, I'm yeah. not generally a poetry reader, but at night I have been reading poetry to Reese, and I don't know if there's oh, something lyrical wonderful. about the fall and about reading yeah. poetry. I also saw, and I probably went to seven different bookstores when we, independent bookstores when we were in San Francisco, and saw Emily Dickinson has a um, poetry collection. Mm. And it's something like in her own words. Maybe that's the one for the show notes. But it's got her handwritten poetry and, oh. you know, the napkins that she wrote her first drafts on, that kind of thing. That was a really fun coffee table poetry Yeah, book too. and poetry, too. That's not something I normally read on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I have several poetry books that I love that um, my grandmother gave me. and um, So poetry is important to me, but it's certainly not something I read too often. But I feel like um, Mary Oliver has a really nice um, mm-hmm. collection of poetry that would be fun to read this time of year and um, the Wendell Berry collection of poetry just came out in paperback called This Day and oh, it's his wow. Sabbath poems and those would be that r- reminds me that would be a really fun thing to read every night before bed is mm-hmm. to read a couple of poems that's a good idea 
Um, okay, before I move on from suspense, I just have to say that I have never had a customer come in so enthusiastic about a book as I did for this book called I Am Pilgrim. I have not read it. Um, she told me I need to recommend it to every man who comes in the store, but she, interestingly, was a female, and she is a member of a female, you know, 40s to 60s year old women um, book club, and they all read it and devoured it and loved it. And huh. I thought this was such a funny recommendation. She said, um, I had to set my kitchen timer to ensure that I got places on time while I was reading this book. And I thought that was such a I neat can guess picture. the customer. <laughs> she's from Tallahassee. Oh. Yeah, she um she's actually a friend of Prissy Elrods, who's one of our favorite local writers. Um right. but anyway, she I thought that was such a fun recommendation. So I have not read it yet. She begged me to read it. My nightstand list is very long. Um, but I did set aside myself a copy, so I will be reading it. Um, just because she spoke so excitedly about it. And when other people come in so excited about a book, you get oh, excited you have too. To. Yeah. Um, okay, what about cookbooks? Do you read cookbooks in the fall? Yes, absolutely. I know we've, we had a cookbook discussion a yeah. couple of podcasts ago, so I tried to keep those off my list. But yeah. it was when we said fall books, absolutely. It's yeah, the to time me, of year. I feel like there's a couple right now. There's a couple of soup cookbooks we have. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Soup ones. Um, so there's a soup night cookbook. And if you're a local, we are going to host a soup night at the bookshelf on November 7th as part of um, a First Friday celebration. So that should be fun. We're going to cook soups from that cookbook. Um, then there's a book called Soup for Two that is fun if um, if you're only cooking for a couple of folks instead of these big pots of soup that maybe you don't know what to do with. Um, and then there's another, the lady who wrote Dinner, A Love Story, which I uh-huh. really enjoyed. She just released a new one called, um, I think it's called The Dinner Playbook. Um, anyway, I just love, I am not an avid cook. We've already discussed this. But there's something about cookbooks in the fall that makes That's them just fun to flip through. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I agree. And I know we're running out of time, but Annie, real quick, a plug for the Covey Film Fest because I think there's a book event with Jane Fonda's adopted daughter. Yeah. And that book I saw at the bookshelf looks really interesting. Yeah, um, that's the book I'm reading right now, actually. You were talking about nonfiction. The Lost Daughter by Mary Williams came out a couple of years ago. Um, she's Jane Fonda's adopted daughter, and she is going to be at the bookshelf on Wednesday, October 29th. Um, and so that should be a really neat event. And it's part of this Covey Film Festival that um, that Thomasville puts on. Um, all the proceeds of the films uh, go to the Thomasville County Resource Center. Um, there's a variety of films. You can check out the Covey Film Festival website. I will be going to several of them. They look really good. They do. And the theme is the great outdoors and children, which is another great fall thing. Right. You just want to get outside right now. Um, well, all these films. And there's some that are family friendly, some that are definitely not Right, uh, family friendly, but there's th- a couple there's really. I was about to say there are a couple really neat ones. There's one about um, Caracas, Venezuela, a documentary I believe that looks really good, and that um, is close to me because Jordan has done a couple mission trips there. And then um, there's I Am by yes. Tom. How do you pronounce his last name? Shadak. I don't know. Um, but that looks fun, and I love that that's going to be playing at um, at a church here in town. And then there's one about oyster farmers that uh-huh. is going to be played at a plantation home here in town. So it's just going to be really fun. All different venues, all different types of film. Um, so I will put a link, but I think it's CoveyFilmFestival.org, but I'll double check that and put it in the show notes too. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say, mention briefly as a plug is Jordan and I celebrate from October 31st until Thanksgiving this thing called Candle Time. Um, it's a concept we I read about on a blog, and I will find the blog post and link it here um, a couple years ago. 
but it's a, this span of time between Halloween and Thanksgiving where it's colder, but there aren't a lot of major, ho- you know, nothing majorly is happening in those weeks. And so this blogger encourages people to turn off their TVs to try to not use as much electricity, to light a lot of candles, and to read. And so we try not to watch as much TV during those, if we watch any at all, um, during those evenings of candle time. Um, And so I thought that would be a fun thing for listeners to try to do in their own homes, especially as we talked about some really great books to pick up for your whole family or um, for you to read in the evenings. So there it is, the Candle Time Challenge for October 31st. For all all you bookshelfers out there. Yay! Um, Anyway, all right, Katie, I think we covered a a lot of ground. Thanks. All right, everybody, happy reading. Bye.